0: Oh my goodness, Emily Lane. How are you today?
1: Oh my goodness, <laughs> Michelle Doherty. I am I'm doing very well. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I um I don't know if you noticed I have a burn on my face. Did you see that? I
0: did I yeah. you know, I was going to
1: be the good girlfriend and not mm-hmm, mention, "Oh, mm-hmm. you, are
0: you are you have a pimple?"
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that is a Burn from a fire, it leapt out of the fire and onto my face. Like in the fireplace at mm-hmm. home, at the fire pit or the fire outside. pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is a danger. Yeah. How close were
0: you to the fire though, for Not- it to get you on the? It's like on her temple. Everybody. Okay. It's yeah. Like right on her temple. So I'll tell
1: my story. Yeah, please. Okay. So you know, like, show up with an injury and then. I move know. On from there. I know. So we had a we had a full moon recently, and I learned so did uh, everybody else. Yes, <laughs> it was just over my house. It was glorious. So, so I learned of this ritual that you could do to like help you release um, things that you're holding on to from the past and help embrace some new positive things. Right, for the Manifest future. Right? Do you want exactly? To happen. So yeah. I had a couple of girlfriends over, and was there wine involved? There was a little wine involved okay. mm-hmm. as always okay. you know that's is you're setting good intentions right. you need good wine you know so we we did this you know we 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 burned the things we wanted to release and then we did this other thing of like okay here's what we want to embrace for the future it was awesome it was so it's empowering very much so i good, loved good. it so the ritual was all done and we were sitting around by the fire and i i told my friend i'm like oh my gosh you forgot to burn this one thing she attracts crazy men so i'm like <laughs> you need to burn that you know that that the issue image or yeah that, okay she's like oh my god you're right so you know we got the paper and she wrote you know attracting crazy men down and you know threw it into the fire well that whatever mojo she was carrying around was mad that I brought it up because it attacked me. It popped back, it out popped out and burnt my face. Wow! Isn't that something? That is crazy mm-hmm. talk, Emily. I know. I know. Wow. So and I you, went, like yeah. right away you
0: recoiled from the pain though, right like you were like I was totally like, aware. Not I was like, oh, no, you
1: are going down, crazy men. No, no, no. I don't care if you come <laughs> you back and no hit me You will no longer my affect my friend.
0: Yeah, gosh, a good Isn't thing I something? wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but I would know, crazy man. You would, have gone back. Men. You would have probably like been black and blue in you your. You would have face. lost your hair. I think yeah, it would have been really bad if I had done that. So yeah, well, it doesn't look bad, you know. Vitamin E, you know, you you could pass for like you know a young adolescent now if you want to tell everybody it's a pimple and not a burn, right.
2: <laughs> you know, whichever one makes
1: you feel better right well you know i just thank goodness for good uh, facial products vitamin yeah. e yeah that'll take care of it yeah, yeah. so anyway that's my story how about you? How are you? I Michelle?: have, I have no,
0: uh, no burns or anything like that. I am sporting, though, a missing fingernail.:
1: I love that it's your mi- it's my middle, middle finger.:
0: finger. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, on my right hand, Getting and I have a lot of use. I, I go and I use the dip. Uh, mm-hmm. The dip nail polish, and I love the dip nail polish because it lasts a long time. And so my nails have been almost a, almost a month now, and it's always my right hand's middle finger that loses the mm-hmm. the cover first. Is and uh, Emily <laughs> says, <Yeah>. "Emily <laughs> says it's, says it's because it, because I I must I, I flip p- too many people off while I'm driving, so it must be <laughs> right. just, just the too overuse. much use um, with
1: aggression. Yes, with aggression because it's coming out of the. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know yeah. she's <laughs> flicking really. Yes, yeah. I think that's what's going on there. But
0: it, but the funny thing is is that it I lost it on Thursday and we're recording here on a Monday. You guys are mm-hmm. listening to it on Friday, but um, and I had to go to I lost it like um, forty five minutes before I had to go to an awards ceremony for Focus St. Louis, and I was like. Oh, so the whole time I'm keeping my hand like in a nice little fist, you know, and and tucked under by my, you know, You didn't want to sport
1: your middle finger? I did not want to
0: embarrass, you know, (laughs) I was there as a
1: board member,
0: you know, to help with with one of um, New Line Theater was receiving What's Right with the Region Award. Mm,
1: Wonderful. And
0: I didn't want to embarrass them with my missing, with my middle finger uh, not being read. Oh. And that was Thursday and this is Monday and I'm not going to be able to get to this I'm not probably not till like next week.
1: I, I it's you know there are worse problems. There you are. Know. Why this, don't you intentionally paint it a different color? Because you see, ladies do well, that. Well, my, like, my daughter you know? when she arrived
0: on Sunday, she was our Saturday night. She was like, "Mom, I thought you were sport. Like she like, did think right, I had trend. some. Yeah, was, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I'm just missing color. it. So I thought about maybe painting it a different color. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: or when I need to be professional, I, I will just c- cover my my uh, middle finger with a little band-aid but <laughs> but when i when it fell off
1: i don't know how it fell off do they make band-aids that say F you because that would be
2: if really they funny. don't somebody <laughs> May have just discovered or created I, a product i
0: know <laughs> so the other voice that you're hearing on the uh, on the recording yes. today we haven't introduced you to her yet but her name is francesca Passanisi. isn't that a
1: wonderful name
2: it's like a that's f- like a musical. That's sounding. a movie.
1: That's a I movie know. starlet's name.
2: It sounds much more exotic than I look. So. No, oh my gosh, <laughs>
1: but, no. Actually, she's incredibly gorgeous. So yes, it's very movie star and appropriate for our guest.
0: Absolutely, yes. And so I met Francesca like a year ago. We were um, on a panel reviewing the senior portfolios or the portfolios of the senior communication students at. Um, missouri baptist university and i like not in a not in a a, an icky way or anything like that or like an an appropriate way i was like oh my god i love francesca Mm -hmm. i want to i want to know i want to know her more because she just like completely Mm -hmm. stuns me with everything that you all the the statements you made to the to the the students and how insightful you were and and the Mm. the um the corrections, in in the kind way that you would say things to them, I was very very, very impressed. And so when Emily and I started mm-hmm. the podcast last September when we started recording it, mm-hmm. I said we have to have Francesca Passanisi mm-hmm. on our
1: list. And then you ended up meeting her, her husband. husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I I I'm gonna second how um, your your sentiments on how. Interesting of a woman, Francesca is. Um, I know you can hear me. Yeah. right here. She's the Um You know, be- I am a blusher so. <laughs> because um, you know you're you're a curator in the arts. You also are part of a nonprofit arts foundation that you and your husband, um, my husband started, started, started ten years ago, yeah. right? And um, just everything that you do with for your children and their school and to help with their education and your passion for literature and um, you know it's just it, you, you are the whole
2: package. So oh, it's really um, trying not to suck at life right now. So, yeah, <laughs> so that's, well, that's you know what I think like that balancing that it is.
1: Yeah, we all have our hard moments and and um, you know I think that that makes you even more accessible and real and amazing that you're like oh well I'm just I'm just trying to get by yeah even though like walking down the street everyone's like who is that movie star
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: yeah and now we have you on our show mm-hmm. and um we we're really like, thankful for you to come come and join us today.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah of course. And so
0: uh, before we get too far ahead, oh my with gosh, everything. Yeah. I know we're like we were all just oh, girl we're, like, we're, like, we're like, yes, fifteen minutes in now, and
1: like, yeah, we even <laughs> mentioned our wine. Very true. So today um, we have another really wonderful wine that the wine merchant provided us today. This is from Argentina. Argentina.
0: argentina
1: argentina a hard n argentina (laughs) wow so my first sips are taking hold everyone just want (laughs) to let you know it's not that it's particularly high in alcohol i'm just i'm tongue-tied so it's called la madrid it's a single vineyard reserve cabernet franc is the grape from Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a. Uh,
0: Which is kind of an oxymoron that they call it La Madrid mm-hmm. yeah, in Argentina. Because I, th- I don't know of a Madrid in Argentina.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I think know that's, of Madrid you know. in- Right, right. I wanted span, to, yeah. Why I wanted to add that extra "i" in the end there, yes. But um, this is really, yeah, this is really exciting. It's very complex on the on the nose. I mean, I could just sniff this for hours. Um, there, I'm getting a lot of black currant and blackberry, blueberry, lots of herbaceousness, little leather, and some black pepper, and but then. To taste on the palate, I'm getting some nice smoky kind of ashiness, Mm -hmm. some leather, and um, even, like, green peppercorn, and it's it's really interesting. And I'm looking forward to tasting this as it continues to open up because we— just poured this. So. Yeah, but you had you've had you opened this an hour or so ago. I did. Yeah. Although this winemaker recommends decanting it, so decanting and opening is a different thing. You know, so no, I think I don't we'll. Know. Okay, yeah. Well, with, with with decanting it, you're getting more air into the wine. You know, Faster. we exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, we did have it. If we pop the cork, we did have it open. But you know, the the opening of the bottle is much. Small, you know, and that, then and then just the process of like splashing it into a vessel like that's getting oxygen into the wine, so it opens. Yeah, so it opens up more freely as you do that. And there are um wine tastings that you know I've gone to at the wine merchant. They're there, they're there like, oh yeah, we opened this and did like the double decant or triple decant? you know, to
0: really— Or they move it from one to the next mm-hmm. and then back into the other mm-hmm. one. Okay, mm-hmm. so—but
1: if you're at home
0: and you don't have, you know, 150 decanters around
1: <laughs> to drink— Or the time, right? Uh, to or, drink right. this
0: bottle of wine.
1: No, I, I mean, you, this is great out of the gate, right? Yeah. I'm and, not getting this urge that I, I think that it has to decant. Right away. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, It's not overly good. tight or anything like that. I just—but I am, because it is so complex, I'm interesting—I think it'll be interesting to see how it develops. Oh, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. So, Michelle, well, what are you tasting? I'm going to take another what are, you, sip. what are you visioning in this wine?
0: Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm not envisioning, because I need to tell you what I'm not envisioning to get you to where I am envisioning. okay. You guys have seen on Facebook, like, the denim underwear pictures or the denim speedo. Oh, God. It's usually, usually like, a a man with, like, very, very hairy legs that's wearing it. Okay, this is not— not your denim underwear. This is not your denim underwear. So you can, like, just scratch that off. You don't even have to worry about trying to, I was really worried about that. Keep up with that trend. Okay. But it is more of, to me anyway— more of a like, like suede and leather, mm. and like, you know, some really. I, I, so it's I hate still to use a... the word "hardy" in when you say okay. underwear, right? Hardy underwear, Hardy panties, <laughs> but not not so much BDSM. I was just going to say, is
1: this a dom pair of panties? No, here not quite now. there. Okay,
0: maybe like a cowgirl kind of panty. Ooh. You know, like like I'm, th- you know, even with will like, like a little fringe or something.
2: Oh, mm. however that would so look it has like. Leather detailing, yeah, on some
0: it. leather detailing, yeah, not oh, cool. any be fringe because how are you gonna, mm-hmm. how the fuck are you gonna wear like I mean, fringed panties and you're underneath your jeans? Well, the, they you're they not might gonna be, wear them
1: underneath, you're gonna just wear them more
0: for show than go, uh, there we go. <laughs> more, more for, for show for, than yeah. go. So that's where I saw, but I wanted to make sure everybody understood that it was not not those denim panties and denim uh bathing I suits. I like it, or speedos. Yeah.
1: I think that sounds like fun. I think it, I, I like the idea of. You know, sporting them around my house when I'm cleaning. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, okay. You know, or, for example, <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to last week's episode. It was all about mm-hmm. sex, so I was hoping that, like, if I'm sporting these fringed mm-hmm. panties, there could be like some sex going <laughs> <Something's> to <gonna laughs> happen. But if if you
2: if I you want to just clean your house, i am trying to, to find it. ways to like make it fun it's, to clean my it's house. Upscale cleaning of the house. <laughs> it's cel- it's like celebratory cleaning, so <laughs> right. you dress up. <laughs> There might be caterers stopping by early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of. I, need to, <laughs> I need to triple decant this for you.
0: I'll be back. You know, just keep cleaning.
1: It just gave me that visual of going through the car wash with the, like, ch- 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 the brushes oh. that are, like, going with the fringe on the, you know. Yeah, on yeah a
0: little bit. Yeah. A little bit like that. <laughs> um, but that's okay, Emily. We we uh, we appreciate all of, all of those ideas and suggestions. Yeah. Um, but... Francesca not what are to be your left thoughts? out what are your thoughts
2: on this wine it is i see the i Originally, was thinking that it would have some kind of velvet, like so. Immediately, I, I got the suede, and I was yeah. like, I wouldn't wear, su- I don't have suede underwear or anything like that. But I was like, it has to be green. It was like a because mm. I was getting like, oh, like the herbs green. and the mossiness yeah. was making me think of like it's like it was like a suede green. And but I was thinking of some kind of like velvety trim, but I like this, the like a fringe or something. Ooh, instead. I, like, I it. like that,
1: yeah, yeah, but the color
2: was what.
0: You had green. Mm, mm, I, I like didn't it. get any green in that. Is like, the green like a deep
1: forest green, though?
0: Either
2: a deep forest or like a sagey green. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. The,
1: the, the mossiness, that's a good mm. description there. Yeah, I like it. Mine was definitely more like the brown to black.
2: Uh, that's you know that it has like that ruching, like the nice yeah. butt crack ruching. Oh that, like, right, because which it is does flattering. have it has it has lots of there are lots of layers there are lots of yeah. flavors so there's lots of details and they're yeah. they're the surprising ones that's right. a fun
0: surprise which one. is what this what this bottle of wine is okay but Emily mm-hmm. give it to me does <laughs> this fit in our price point
1: it absolutely does fifteen ninety nine. Thank you, mm-hmm. Wine Merchant. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I, I love it when we find one that's in our price point. I know. I know you do. Because then I can buy a lot more. Right. I mean, I buy the other ones that are not in our price points. But. And
1: you can share. You get that good wine karma going on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Emily wants me to the good wine karma. Although, I have to say, and I know this is kind of like separate from the wine that we're drinking now, but... This past weekend, we went to the wine merchant's wine tasting. Mm. I was really impressed with those ciders from. Isn't
1: that amazing? From France, right? I know. Yeah, from Normandy. Yeah, like apple based. Oh my god, so fantastic! And they're they're all they're both yeah. apple based. And then you
0: bought the one that was not as pink, and I bought two of mm-hmm. the pink, and that just meant that the the skin on the apple was more red than the other one. So good, very very no like no sugar, no added sugar. Right.
1: Right. And not at all like the ciders that we're getting exposed to here. That, like, No, the, okay. no that's it's not. That, I've like, never been a cider person. Yeah, no,
0: neither have I. This was very refreshing and I, and it was a hot day on Saturday. I was like, oh, I have to have two of these because this is definitely one that you put out and, you know, people mm. on the back deck, you know, and it's like it's hot outside. It's low in
1: alcohol. It's like under that's 4%. Nice. But it's
0: refreshing. Yeah. Without, yeah. it's not that it's it's definitely not the cider that you're used to drinking. Um, so yeah, it so kind of
1: reminded me of like a um kavodos, you know, like a really nice, it just kind of that. It was bubbly. Yeah, but but light refresh. Yeah,
0: so, and so yeah. I, I I you know joked that's in quotes with the guys from the wine merchant. I'm like, gosh, are you guys gonna have this around a lot? Because I really like it. And they said, well, we've always carried this. And I said, well. Nobody told me exactly. about it.
1: <laughs> Why didn't
0: you tell me about I it before? I think we're going to
1: try to feature it on an upcoming episode. Oh, because I, I expressed the fact that we were both wild about it, and it is in our price point. And, it totally was. In um, summary. In yeah. summary. It,
2: yeah. was,
0: it was definitely. So um, I'm not trying to take away from La Madrid at all, but I wanted to just sort of like talk mm-hmm. about like something new that I had mm-hmm. experienced. Um, right. And it was crazy busy, Crazy busy at the wine merchants.
1: It was. was. Well, because they had four different wine distributors. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. either a distributor or maker. So, four different tables of makers plus like two additional tables. The vodka guy and the cheese guy. And then, then yes, a cheese maker from France. Mm -hmm. And then... And then the cider. So they
2: had like it was It,
1: it was crazy, extraordinary.
2: It? Yeah. I still haven't forgotten when I met you guys at the wine merchant. There was some gin that was from Spain. I think it was from Barcelona.
1: Oh, that was delicious. and I haven't forgotten
2: that. I have no idea what the name of it was, but I was mm. like, that was magical. Well, and they'll know. <laughs>
1: you can you can just
2: say, Hey, I was here.
1: This is I what need I had.
2: this Spanish gin. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it wasn't the yeah.
0: Japanese gin? The botanical, the Roku? I don't Mm-mm, think so. Okay. It wasn't, were we were together
1: on the Roku. We were okay, but it was. Uh, you're right. But it was, it was, was a Spanish.
2: Spanish. Gin. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know. You we well, combined two of my favorite pla- two of my favorite things: gin and, <laughs> and. And you said, I remember you telling us Spain. when we were at
0: the wine merchant that you were going to be heading off to Puerto Rico.
2: We did. We tell went me, to Puerto Rico. Let, tell us about that. Um, so my husband went to. Puerto Puerto Rico and I get to usually go with him when he does research. Um what kind of adventures research? for working on future art projects okay. and um new bodies of work. Um and and it ends up being experiences that he brings to the classroom as an art professor. Mm, okay. Um so we uh, Originally landed in um, San Juan, and we stayed in Old San Juan for one evening and one day. And it's 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 very touristy, but it's beautiful. It was this your first time? It there? was my first time okay. ever in Puerto Rico, and it do, you feel like you're leaving the United States, and but these are these are our, our these are our brothers and sisters. Yeah. These are our people, and. um but it's it's a it's a beautiful magical place, and every um, it was very everyone's very warm. Everyone was very you know friendly. Um, Old San Juan was really color like ver, like the buildings are exquisite. Like everything has a different um, bright or pastel shade. Like sure. every building is you know it's very clo- um, I mean it's very colonial. It's very it's like and, a historic. Yeah, it's a very historic right. district.
1: So uh, let me ask you this, I. I'm curious, Do are they welcoming to um, people traveling there from the domestic United States? I, oh, yes. I feel like, I have no doubt. That it seems like they're all such lovely people, and it seems so often that people forget that they're actually a part of us. Uh-huh, yeah. In, you know, including our own president, the, the, you know? Yeah. Um, and The man
0: who— Tends to be president. Right. Yeah. named.
1: Yeah, they Right. But yeah, it seems like they're, they're, they often kind of get the the short and the sit, yeah, stick, so to speak. Um, you yeah. know, could you, see, are, could you see examples of
0: like the United States not uh, contributing what they should do, or providing support where you were staying on the first night?
2: Where so the first night, honestly, there that. End of Puerto Rico has, I mean, just the area we were staying in. Like they, they've, ha- I mean, they were very welcoming, but they were, they have everything put together okay. nicely for at least the tourists that are visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain that any people who lived there, who weren't, you know, in the one percent of, you know, wealth. You know, population, okay. it, you know, still might not be where, you know, they, they have been yeah. Yeah. and might be suffering still. Um, I know that w- uh, the day that we so after we left um, old San Juan and, and San Juan, we went to the opposite side of Puerto Rico and went to the west um, side, which uh, and we stayed in um, Rincon, which is a it's really a, a surfer town. Oh, is it? Um, and uh, a friend of my husband's that he, they both grew up on the hill in the hill neighborhood. She recently moved to um, to Puerto Rico, and because she found love from oh, uh, and that's oh. and they have this. Beautiful property that they live on and take care of um, in Rincon. Um, her partner, who has the same name as my husband, oh my Gary. goodness! So oh, they're both—they're both, no, it's just two two Italian Garys. And so that's so odd, um, yeah. Um, but um, he told us about like the video that he took, and he said, tear and this is like this is a burly rough and tumble guy, you know, yeah. and he's like mm-hmm. watching everything around him be devastated by mm-hmm. this hurricane um by by Maria was I mean he's watching everything destroyed mm-hmm. you know before his was eyes. Was she there be- during She hur- was not there okay. then. Um okay. and I mean they've he he lives in an area that is, you know, they they do have resources. Um Okay. But he said it was seven or eight days before people from one part of Puerto Rico could even communicate with people
1: mm-hmm.
2: in other you know geographic regions of the island and that's just i mean and and that communication was completely cut out cut out. They didn't know, you know that. You know, everybody's okay. Uh, yeah, like, if like anyone, how,
1: like yeah. How bad? What was happened? It? Yeah. You know, is
2: everyone? You know, there's total that dead, I dead silence. Into, like the day yeah. after movie,
1: right? right? Yeah. yeah, the
2: day after tomorrow kind of thing, yeah. and um so. Yeah, I mean they everyone's there are still there are people who have recovered almost it looks like completely. But then there's also you see palm trees that are instead of standing up are literally still like horizontal. Horizontal and or like looking like they, you know, were shooting out. Um, entire buildings that were pushed back. Wow. Um, Other areas where they're there weren't drop-offs in front of the in front of the building, but there's now like a steep drop-off, and you know other places where wow. you know it, it, it's they're an incredibly resilient group of people who mm-hmm. live there, and and it's not like it's all people who have you know there are plenty of people who live on the island who are native to Puerto Rico, but there are plenty of people who came, mm-hmm. you know. With you know through colonization from the Spanish and then colonization further on from yeah. the United mm-hmm. States, and um, but it's so you're
1: and, you your husband travels there with frequency, and you no, sometimes he's no, no. Uh,
2: he just he regularly we you know he travels part of him his being able to express or Create on a new level um, and what he's supposed to be able to then bring to his students is experiencing new places in the same way that like someone in religious studies might go to a particular, you know.
0: Shrine yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. to, yeah.
2: you know, go where a particular religion or a particular sect of a religion, you know, okay. is. he travels to areas where he particularly wanted to go because he's been a part of restoration efforts in kind of defunct or struggling communities in the past. And so to him, it was in, in this area, one, because we had a friend who just moved to this area and yeah. he's like... I want to see what's going on there. But two, Mm. because they're past the, hey, we, you know, the survival stage and they're past the, you know, just looking and taking that deep breath and gasping about like, oh, God, we have to do all of this now. And they're in the rebuilding phase and they're in the how do we prepare so that this, you know, do we recognize what will just happen again or You know, Mm -hmm. do we plan, you know, in in a more functional way?
0: I'm wondering when you, you know, your husband is, and you both are artists and art foundation, um, is there a specific art related to Uh, times of trauma and tragedy like this that can be you can say oh this is this is definitely expressing the emotions that happened during uh, Maria or Katrina or or whatever natural disaster I mean was he going and looking for that kind of representation
2: um well my husband's work is all abstract and so so, nothing is going to be a a, you know (laughs) You know a still life a, a, of a still life tree. or a full on representational okay. you know model okay. or painting um he's mainly known for his large scale paintings like anything from i mean he he paints on a smaller scale too, but you know seven or eight foot paintings you know that kind of size okay. um but then also um He's done public sculpture okay. and installations. What is your
1: work like? Tell my, me about your So art. I'm not
2: a visual artist. Okay. I'm a uh, repressed writer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a repressed, finally, coming back to life kind of writer. Um, who channeled all of my writing energy and the, you know, what I have been told, you know, most of my life of like you know writing is not writing and visual art is not something that you do for a job or for a career that's what you do for fun and ah. so and you have to study something that's and I'm going to use air quotes okay. even though we're recording like this but yeah. <laughs> you know you know practical you need to you know do something that's going to get you a job yeah. and right. you somebody. know do something real yeah. and to me it always was real and so i've kind of I studied business and focused in... And I was like, if I study business management, if I study, if I emphasize in marketing, though, then I can do research. And then I am investigating and I'm examining and I'm hypothesizing and then figuring out if my thoughts are, you know, accurate or in the ballpark and and then kind of creatively trying to, you know, work with those. And uh, and I was able to write as well. And then I... Got my master's in, I earned a master's in public relations with an emphasis because Webster was awesome and let me really customize my master's degree. So I could emphasize everything in nonprofit communication strategy and nonprofit development strategy. So then I could still feel like. God, I think you'd
1: be in pretty high demand with that combination. (laughs) She yeah. sure you- <laughs> um, you think. Um, Yeah. but
2: then I, I'm lucky and right now I have a partner who allows me to you know I still am like a and I don't mean this in a negative way or in a Pollyannish sort of way but I'm a hopey changey want to make sure you know whatever work I'm doing is moving the needle um, you know for in one cause or another. Does your writing and,
1: reflect that?
2: Um, my writing does um, it also what I've ended up doing was use my career mm-hmm. to to work for mission focused okay. organizations and make sure that i can bridge those gaps of i can use the storytelling and the the narratives that i can build to really propel and garner support and awareness for the nonprofits that i work with from universities to education foundations that have worked in uh, the research and development end of uh, education reform to now working mm. in the visual arts and supporting emerging visual artists.
0: Well, let me ask you this. If, um, as a writer, you've ma- you've managed to build a career using your, your craft as well, but in an ideal world, <gasps> what would you do as a writer? If you didn't have to worry that you had to, like, Put food on the table for your children. Um,
2: What kind kind of writing would you want uh, to do? I would be, well, I still do write some short stories and some poetry for myself. Um, And there's like a handful of people who have seen that work and read that work. Um, Because you're afraid? A little bit because I'm afraid and a little bit just because it's just like, uh, when I'm talking, when I, I talk to people a lot throughout the day and yeah. I just, you know, the personal side of me on that end with my writing, eh, there's just no time for that. There's, you know, I, there, when you're mom, when you're, when you're basically, you know, you're a professional, but then you're kind of a professional volunteer at the same time, mm-hmm. because yeah. no one, particularly in the nonprofit sector, but, um, women are, you know, kind of across the board are not really making what, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, what the value that we bring to, you know, an organization. Um, s- so there's, yeah, there's just not that time for, you know, sitting with, with, with your the thoughts. back of my brain yeah. and and the creative ideas that I have just that are my story. Yeah.
1: I want to dive into what you just said there about women not making the value that they bring and I mean, I see immediately two issues there, but I think that this could be a source of an interesting Mm -hmm. conversation. You know, we obviously know the historic issues with women not, you know, uh, getting the same wage as men. But there's also just, Michelle, you and I have certainly um, experienced this as we are getting our podcast out there and and making connections with potential sponsors and so forth. Like, it is, as women, uh, hard to brag on ourselves mm-hmm. and... Um, Which is why I like this show because <clears throat> we get to brag on all of our guests. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Easy, peasy. Right. I think men, it's so natural for them to be like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm the <laughs> best. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, pay me, you know. But we can... We, we, I think... I don't know if it's the way we're brought up or how it is, but we we do undervalue ourselves and even if we do believe in ourselves and value ourselves it's hard for us to then vocalize mm-hmm. our value We'll deliver all day long man I am the queen <laughs> of giving away the most amazing free service ever yeah you know <laughs> His, yeah
2: there's a professor at Webster and I forget her 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 name is Danny McCartney but I forget all of what she teaches at Webster but last year we had a uh, presentation with uh, women's leadership group um, that works in in higher ed um, during women's History Month and we had an exhibition called siSU um, at the at arcade contemporary art projects and we um, danny was talking about that part of how we undervalue ourselves and how it, it's not even it's not an intentional thing it's that right. women's approach to leadership looks different yes. and okay. and women's approach to leadership is usually and obviously there are exceptions to every rule mm-hmm. but That women's leadership usually is more team focused and is, okay. how am I contributing to the team? Not how do do I be the superstar? Right. It's inclusive.
0: And uh, delegate, you know, jobs for everybody Mm -hmm. to do and come back and report to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We definitely are much more of a, 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 I would say, like a circular type of leadership, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to a linear
2: you know, uh, and we're mm-hmm. and
0: we're constantly looking around the circle, like, all right, how? Okay, I gotta bring, I gotta bring Shirley in. I gotta bring, you know, Jane and and oh, Tommy too. You know, let's, as we move right. this circle
2: forward, mm-hmm. and part of how we've uh, we had kind of been taught for a long time was, well, if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to in whatever industry you you exist within, uh, you have to do what you know you have to be able to compete with the men and that means you need to do what the men are doing as well or better than what the men are doing and and you need to do it in their way but right now Um, And it's it's why so much of what we exist within Mm -hmm. is a pressure cooker of things is because we're in the middle and we've been doing it and our, our, you know, mothers and sisters and and Mm -hmm. grandmothers have been doing this, you know, regardless of of race, have been doing this for eons and generations after generations. But we've been building and we're now at this tipping point where we're kind of flipping the script or we're starting to flip the script or just like, well, this is what leadership can look like, too.
0: Well, okay I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, throw one, something out here for you and we are at a point where we're defining our systems in a way yeah. like what we think our ideal business structure would be like mm-hmm. our ideal collaboration would be like and um, and we had a sit. Emily and I were in a meeting earlier this week, and I was talking about and uh, uh, to me uh, a goal of our podcast and our production team that we mm-hmm. have that we're going forward is you know, gosh, wouldn't wouldn't it be amazing if we could be ninety percent female, you know, whether whatever the role is from sorry, Eric and Sam, audio <laughs> yeah. engineer to, you know, video tech to, um, social media director or whatever. But like, I was like, that's, that's mm-hmm. my goal. I would, I want us to be, you know, really to provide these opportunities. Female to, positive. Female positive. And, and a, a man in the group was like, well, that's exclusionary. And you always complain about being exclusionary. And, you know, why don't you say you're open-minded to the best person, blah, blah, blah. And and I was listening to it and I, you know, my heart was like, okay, just agree right now with this. But then as I was leaving, I'm like, my God, that what just happened was he took away what my focus wanted, to, what I wanted my focus to be. Mm-hmm. He made me second guess it. Mm-hmm. And why can't we be 90% female? Why does that make us bad? Because we've been playing in the guys world. And sometimes I feel like sometimes the men are like, you know, when you say I want this or that, they don't, they don't understand because for them, the guy's world is just how it is. Right. They've not actively excluded.
1: Oh,
2: I think they have absolutely (laughs) actively excluded. (laughs) But But it's that thing where... um And there are lots of men and there are lots of people who and there are times where I still I kind of agree with it, but not not in the way they're saying it. But because I realize there's there's um, extra they they have to kind of get up to speed, which is that the whole it's not oppression. You're not being oppressed. You're not being told that you don't belong. It's that you've been. You've been kinda running the show or you've had a monopoly on this thing. Yes. Whatever it is. Yeah. The art industry, you know, you know, any kind of media production. Accounting. Yeah. You know, know, but oppression it's not oppression. It's when you've been if you experience privilege and you've mm. you you neglect to understand or see that there have been other people that have other perspectives than you, your perspective not being the only one that is considered, or your mm-hmm. way of doing it being th- the only way that's considered, is is not oppression. That's just your privilege being taken away. It's that. We're kind of leveling out the field and it feels oppressive to them because they've never experienced. I haven't experienced (laughs) that before. Not not even equality. It's taking that step further. And it's like what you're saying where you're like why it does change the the perspective and the perception and what the full on production is. If you have a 90 percent female produced.
0: Right. production well we're 100% right right. Well, well, a hundred no, percent no, right well no no our engineers but, are male but
2: even <laughs> yeah. um but and but in saying that it, it's not wanting to say and we don't want men to have jobs and we don't want them to have any positions of power no it's it's trying to sometimes you have to do an overcorrection to balance things yeah. and that's why equality is not what we're going for we're going for equity and so yes. there's going to be corrections and people are going to feel uncomfortable because there's been an injustice. And mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes, you know, everybody's going to... F- yeah, when things are changing and there's major shifts, yeah, stuff feels shitty sometimes.
1: I, you know, I I don't look at your statement being exclusionary. I, I think that it's, you know, we are, we talk about women's issues it's you know our our our, our, our real women <laughs> real literally, life, literally speaking, speaking. and yeah. so you know it would
0: I would feel like it would be like a, you know sort of like ironic or um I forget the other word uh, if we were to be like you know 10 percent women and all 90 percent men I think there's a there's a word for you that. Know,
1: but you know you know our if, show if the if the talent was there we would be a hundred percent open to to, fold, to bringing them into the fold, but you know, I think that you know, it's yeah, we wouldn't be exclu- excluding them, right? No, it's, it's more about finding the right dynamic and that and we have play. a focus of like giving, like reaching out to females. But it's interesting the number of of. Businesses that have come forward and said, "Hey, we love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We're very interested. We want to talk to you." They've all, all been male owned, which is very interesting, mm-hmm. and and they always have ideas about, how, you know, what we can do to better what we're creating, and it always has a male viewpoint uh, yeah
0: the lens they're looking through right yeah.
1: right and not that we want to exclude exclude men in fact 40% of our listeners are male which is fantastic we love that but they are listening because they want that female insight mm-hmm. as soon as we start diluting that by you know by you know not being as authentic as we are because we're shifting right. to you know whatever and to pander thank you
2: yes then things will that's not really respectful to men either i mean that's the whole thing is like the kind of the toxic masculine kind of approach is what has kind of pervaded Mm -hmm. and and that's not healthy for men either and so yeah in this Mm -hmm. you know making if you have the podcast is literally speaking it's not supposed to be you know targeted Right. to focusing on men's issues or what is, you know, important to men. It's what's going on with women and right. what is relevant in our lives. And yeah, if you get that and you're a guy, awesome. More you're going to learn something you. and, and in fact, thank you. Absolutely, more
1: power to you is amplified because that power is great. If you understand women and listen to women and appreciate women and love
2: women. Thank you, don't stop.
1: Like, exactly, <laughs> and you your power will be greater,
2: Yeah, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah,
2: and there are incredible men out there who, yeah, get it. And honestly, they've been held down by this not overly masculine, yeah, you know, right. doing things that really aren't healthy and and making the the feminine seem powerless mm-hmm. or less powerful. The limitations is, that are set
1: in set upon men to be a man—you yeah. can't cry. To be a man, you've got you know, those are social limitations. Kind of also, that's, right? That's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think well, we need to take a break. I think we because, do too. I was uh, like, we are empty and we are. And yeah, yeah, it's time. Our, to, it's yeah. Just we're time passionate.
0: Yeah, it's passionate. time to take a little break. <laughs> we need to cool ourselves off, you know.
1: We all have red cheeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do that with red wine. So we'll uh, you know, refresh our glasses. We'll do yeah, that. Right sounds great. Okay. Hey, Emily, we have
1: some great news for our listeners. I know. I'm so excited. It's almost like how excited I am for the wine part, but even more so. Right, right, because we
0: are going to combine Clearly Speaking, the podcast, along with our favorite sexual health expert, Dr. Becky Lynn, combine it all into an evening called Adult Bedtime Stories. It is like a fabulous idea and we're so thrilled to be able to bring it to St. Louis. Yeah,
1: this is going to be a live event that we invite people to come and share erotic readings, tell personal stories, engage with a very intimate crowd and even ask questions. You can ask those questions um, in person or
0: if you want to write them down anonymously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be a really cool event. And uh, the first one is August 29th at Apotheosis Comics from 7 to 9 p.m.
1: Yes. And guess what it's called? Oh, my God. I wish I knew that. Actually, I've got that wrong, didn't I? Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't you correct me, Michelle? It's called the big. Oh my God! I wish
2: I knew that's that. Right. <laughs> that's right. Oh is.
0: my gosh! Emily's has orgasms on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> she usually gets a little tongue-tied when, that's, when she's thinking <laughs> orgasms. That's um,
1: right. So but, we're going to be answering questions, things yeah. like, um, why is it that some people. Like, have orgasms when the wind blows, while other people have difficulty orgasming. Or have never orgasmed yet. Right. Or maybe even lose their orgasm. How frustrating is that? It's why do you ask me,
0: <laughs>
1: me like that but the thing is
0: is that um but having dr becky lynn there to answer the questions i mean there's some science behind uh, mm-hmm. like sex so you know to get to get to that level and and it's going to be a small event it is limited That's uh right. you definitely have to get your tickets on our Eventbrite and our and or our facebook page they're all interlinked um it is twenty dollars admission, and uh, we, the seating is limited, so don't wait for this to pass you by.
1: Right. And make sure to come with your clothes on. We do encourage nudity anywhere where it's acceptable, and especially in the home. However, for this event, it is a clothes-on kind of affair.
0: We appreciate the decorum of our <laughs> listeners and the people coming to to uh, hear us for the first time, and it is, it is an all-inclusive uh, event, it Absolutely. is not a women's only or a men's only, or, you know, it's everybody's welcome. You just have mm-hmm. to make sure you get your ticket. And uh, since it is a ticketed event. So if you have any questions, you have to email us at Adult Bedtime Stories One. And that's gmail.com. a number
1: one yeah, at the end so of that.
0: Adult Bedtime Stories One at gmail.com. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you guys, everybody in St. Louis that can come get your Absolutely. ticket. And we'll see you on the 29th of August.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: back. All right, Emily. Yeah. What do you think about La Madrid? However many minutes we're in now. You know,
1: it's actually mellowed out a little bit. I'm not getting the same kind Mm. of leathery, smoky. I'm getting a little bit more um, just kind of more lusciousness, a little bit more black cherry, a little Mm. more dark fruits Mm. on it. Yeah,
0: I'm actually like seeing like a smoking jacket now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, okay. Over. The, the French uh, panty. The fringed cowboy girl, cowgirl panties.
1: Oh, I like that. That's <laughs> what about intriguing you? It's combo. It's a perfect,
2: I mean, I'm a, I am ai like red wine. I turn red when I drink red wine, but I love, I'm a red wine drinker. And I just, this is a perfect, like, sunny day sitting out. This is a, it's if, yeah. if I could be in, in Argentina and go to a winery there, this is like the perfect, yeah. like, sit outside yeah. on like a... Warm day, not a hot day, but like a warm day. Yeah, yeah. the breeze. Sun's not shining and, too directly
0: yeah. on you. With this one, yes,
2: yeah, and wear cotton panties with it. But like, but that's not what I think. <laughs> or no, or no panties or because no panties. it's and Ooh. because you're in Argentina and you can wear like a dress like this and it's breezy it's and it just feels good. Yes, yeah. oh, that, sounds, that sounds perfect. It, yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: So anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to know because you said earlier. I that you were curious how it's going to mm-hmm, evolve. Evolve.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's how it has. It is I agree. Right now. So, I remember our last conversation, you were sharing with us your passion for bringing literature into the schools where your children study. And I th- and now understanding that you're a writer, I didn't know that no. before. That makes perfect sense to me, but it was really interesting the the um, the choices that you had brought and why. And I I'd, I'd love to share that dive. with our listeners. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's amazing what you're doing there.
2: So my daughter's school, they um, after the f- their first year there, I realized or about a, a week into. Starting with Black History Month, um, I realized, oh, I, I should ask because no one's, neither of my children have come home and talked about anything they're doing. And they're, they go to a school that is predominantly white. And um, even when I was a kid, they at least learned something about Black History Month. Something about someone who didn't look like them, even though all of the textbooks reflect just what, you know, yeah. a, mm-hmm. a very Eurocentric view. Um, but they weren't. And so I asked the teachers, their their teachers who are both and every year my girls have had incredible teachers, but um could I, you know, it, what are you guys doing? And when they're like, "Well, or, you know, we'll talk about Martin Luther King Jr. and blah blah blah." I'm like, "Okay, but that that's he's one, not the only." black Mm -hmm. person to ever exist in the United States. (laughs) He's not the only black person to have ever done anything monumental, but also there are, you know, that, yeah, there are lots of perspectives, and you yeah. know, b- the black experience in our country is, is something that, yeah, it, you need to learn about. And and that, yes, it would be nice if it wasn't just one month out of the year that we could focus on it, but hey, we short- still and, live in the world that we live in. And so, the shortest so, month of the year. Yeah. Don't you find that ironic? <laughs> oh,
1: God, I never thought about um, that. Oh, yeah.
2: And oh, so, that's a, a special slam. I asked if we could, if I could start coming in to, to read. Um,
0: just story time, just,
2: just story time. Um, and you know, the, the books I would be bringing in would have to, you know, would be, you know, one, just books that had, even if they were fictional, that had black characters and black children and mm-hmm. that, um, and take away the otherness of it, um, of, of, of race and understanding that that's one aspect of, human. How did they respond um, to your request? They were really open to it. And they, they said it was really cool and, you know, just, you know, said we'll we'll take it from there. And um so I brought in there's uh we we start, so now my girls are so I've done this for kindergartners, first graders, second graders, and third graders. Okay. And um so every year we start out with let's talk about race, and this is terrible because it's the end of the day, and I'm an ex- I have an exhausted brain, and I don't remember the name of the author. He's from St. Louis.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, we he's a St. Louis
2: born and raised guy, um, and the whole thing is about talking about like let you know talking about you know that each human is a story oh, and we have lots yes. of components to who we are as a story and like everybody's story starts out the same way. I was born in, you know, name mm-hmm. the place. Right. My mom and dad are this person, you know, mm-hmm. and this is but and this is who raised me and then, you know, talk about your life experience. Yes, Julius Lester. And we talk about I mean we talk about everything eventually it talks about taking off, you know, taking off our skin and things like that and if taking we took off our skin, we took off our skin <gasps> yeah we would be you know be mushy and weird mobby. and we couldn't do things yeah. but you know but at the same time you wouldn't be able to tell you know right away you know like oh and makes that prejudgment about our skin um, in the same way that, and it obviously approaching it at a very you know small level yeah. um, child level but um, talks about it explicitly talks about That there are true stories and there are false stories and there are made up stories and there are bad story uh, that are made up stories that are good and there are made up stories that are are meant to be bad and Mm. mean and that any story... That starts out with or includes and I'm better than you because of this or oh my, my people and that could be because of skin. It could be because my dad is better than your dad because he makes more money or my mom is better. Yeah. Than could than could your be whatever. Head. Or, you know, for, like, in my kids' school, there were like a couple kids were like, Well, we're not public school kids. And I was like, Yeah, mm. it's even that. Like, yeah. that's like, that's an, you're creating an other that doesn't need to really exist. Um, and, and no, you're not better because you go to this different kind of school. Um, but that anytime someone says, and, and then, but they also say, or, I'm better because I'm black, or I'm better because I'm white, or I'm better because I'm Asian, or I'm better because I'm Latina or Latino, and um, you know, or I, and they included religions and stuff like that. And so it's a great way to start it, because they kind of understand at the end of that, okay, so race is one part of things, but we're kind of jerks and do unjust and crappy things to each other for lots mm-hmm. of reasons, but that race is very, yes, that's, it is something that's important, and then if we pretend that it's not there... Yeah. Um, if we say, well, we're all equal and I'm colorblind. And it says that the reality is we're not colorblind. Yeah. And that shouldn't be a thing because race is part of each one of our stories. So that's where we start out. But And then we've read, you know, different things about, you know, f- fictional characters. And then we've read about, you know, astronauts and and about Harriet Tubman, obviously. Yeah. And about, yeah. you yeah. know... Yeah, do you and about do, Michelle Obama and about Barack Obama and we've, but we but and then go into, you know, characters in in real life that they might not know, and even they've uh, I've even read books about supermodels that you know come mm-hmm. from Africa and but then well, kind this of all year, walks of life all right? walks of life kind of thing we've read Amazing Grace we've read. Um, we read Goodnight stories for rebel girls one and two because oh <laughs> I've heard of that. okay so you guys have to have those books and you okay. have to give them away to anyone who has children whether they're boys or girls um each there's two volumes they were crowdfunded um the idea came from two different women and one is a francesca and so she's oh, um, well, there's yeah. a little, I, um so I, there but um And um, but each there each book has a hundred stories, and each one is um, each story is one page long, and each story also comes with a portrait, a drawn or painted portrait that in in, in the book it's a print, um, and all of those portraits were done by female artists. Wow! And each story that's one page long is um, a, a one page you know biography of or of the cool thing that each one of these people did, these rebellious, you know,
0: Rebel girls. cutting edge yeah. kinds of things Amazing. that they did that
2: shifted things from someone who is a girl, a woman, or a female identifying. And um, so it's it's really cool. Um, so we've read those, you know, stories in those books as well. Um And we've read, you know, and it's not just like, it's not just people who are black and white and it's not just people who are living and, or you know, not just people who are living, but there are people who are are dead in there and long dead and people who it seems like, but wait, why weren't these people? And we never read about them in history or we never read about them in social studies or anything like that. Or we never learned about them in, in, even in literature. And it's just like, well that's why this book's important.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you're trying you you're working on taking lessons from why we need a black history month to expanding that into Let's not create more others. Yeah. So, that, because we're going to run out of months really soon. Yeah, we don't. Right? Yeah. We're but instead, expanding. make sure
2: that, I mean, it's going to be a slow progression, obviously. But yeah, mm-hmm. as we eventually, if we get to a point where we rewrite textbooks that actually make sense and actually honestly depict. Mm-hmm. what has happened in our country but it, until that time we're going to have to have these books that say that women were rebels or girls or female identifying individuals were rebels mm-hmm. because they did these things and some of them are things that they were doing right alongside men and right alongside particularly white men um but now were you um were you concerned when you came to the
0: school initially to to offer this to them that that they would say, oh, well, no thanks, uh, we, we got it handled, <laughs> yeah. or, or that that we would put a
1: your daughters in a, in a— We have a government-approved curriculum. Right, well, <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, I, well,
2: you know. it, it, uh, I, I was a little worried about it, and I honestly thought, well, if I get pushback— my girls are young enough that I wouldn't feel terrible about taking them out of school out of that school and putting them somewhere else just mm-hmm. and you know saying so it's kind saying of like a filter them, for you. Even. I mean it, it, yeah. it is. It's kind of like well you guys aren't doing this and so I'm going to offer it up and that's where and that if you guys say no then it's just like well then this isn't our place. Yeah. Um, but my my girl the stories that we read that I read to their classes are stories that my girls hear already like this is stuff that we're reading at home what about the rest of the kids they don't always like we we have amazing conversations and kids who are just like their minds are blown uh, their minds are blown and sometimes sometimes there are things where I'm just like they say something that quite frankly sound sometimes kids say things that sound really racist and that it might seem like the appropriate thing at that moment is to like kind of snap to snap and be like, "No, that's racist. We don't talk that way," or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's like instead to add that came you from somewhere, it, right? That came from someone yeah. else. That came from a perception that someone else is sharing with that child, and you don't want to demonize or alienate that kid or villainize them on any level, right? So because it's like, the best why? opportunity
1: you have is to engage that in a that that idea in a conversation, and then. And then help add insight where it's missing. Yeah. So it's like, right?
2: where did you hear? So what me? Mm-hmm. What makes you think that? Or mm-hmm. that's interesting. Tell tell me about that. Where did that thought come from? Like mm-hmm. that's a bit, or, or that's a big thought, or that's a big idea. Mm-hmm. And you know, that you know, did you did you experience something that mm-hmm. makes you feel that way, or did somebody tell you that? And yes. um, and then we have those conversations, and, and it makes it. A healthy place where the kids feel like they're not going to be attacked, and it's. I mean, we're right now in, in a climate in our culture where and in, in our country where you can't have conversations with people if you know
1: that no, they disagree with you on different things, and it's very,
2: very hard. You have to have a podcast, and I don't want my <laughs> girls to grow up like that, right? I want them to feel like if they find like I still. Back up, and with grownups, you know, I I will stop and be like, "Oh God, no," or like, "Oh, they said that thing, and I know they feel this way, and so I should not say anything else." And I wonder why we do that. I wonder
0: what what prevents us from just, you know, calling it out. Or well, we're a polite society, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that especially as women saying polite society, though, is a way of dusting things under the rug or just saying like, oh, bless your soul or something like that. It's just like, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. not real. Right. So um we're
0: so afraid to make strife. And and right? if we want to right. project or, authenticity onto our children and have say, yeah. Oh, you need to behave in this way, but yet we're not behaving in that way. Mm-hmm.
1: But ag- but again, look at just as children, anytime you challenge authority, you're shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. So I love yeah. your approach and saying, Okay, I can't react negatively. I've got to like mm-hmm. understand where this comes from and help mm-hmm. open
2: that perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, because there are other kids who might end up actually falling into that category that actually is being judged maybe by another child mm-hmm. too, and then just like you want to make sure that, that that child feels safe, but that also the child who kind of said something that unintentionally is hateful or judgmental and make just sure... they heard let's, it somewhere else. Yeah, let's right. make this a safe space so we can talk about these things, because in the world, in the real world where it's not a mommy talking to you about it, it might not be a safe space. And so let's, you know, they're doing this with them, make sure that these kids who aren't having these conversations at home or whether it's someone who looks different than them because of their skin color or a child who's transgender or something like that, or or a child who's dealing with their own, you know, their sexual orientation, you
1: Mm -hmm. know, and
2: trying to figure out themselves. It just takes away that I don't have to be as afraid because there's someone else who has experienced this before and we can and I know it was scary for them. And then we can have that a conversation, Mm -hmm. a conversation about it instead of being
1: having information out there, having dialogues out there, like talking about this stuff regularly and not not making it a special case that somebody's coming into our school for one month to talk about this you know. <laughs> like, well right? this year this year the
2: third graders ended up getting more than they bargained for <laughs> oh, they now? well now they read not just now they read chapter books and novels yeah so this year after we read let's talk about race we started into a novel called um, one crazy summer and it's Rita somebody Williams and she's incredible I've never read any book by heard before, Um, but it's about, it's a novel, and we're, they're going in, they're in their last week of school, and we're going to finish this novel. (laughs) And you you are continuing (laughs) on beyond the... So we started, and so this crossover, so it started out as being something I did in Black History Month. Then, because March is Women's History Month... Yeah. And they weren't doing anything for anything really for women's history month. Oh my goodness. And we needed to make sure that women's history month wasn't, there were nice Italian women. My kids go to a school that's, you know, in In an Italian Italian community and, or there weren't just nice Italian women who did things or smart Italian women or nice white women who did things that women is inclusive and that, that it's, you know, intersectional. And so, so what are some books that you recommend? I mean,
1: you're, I know you're sharing stories for third graders, but I imagine a lot of—
0: Our listeners a lot are beyond <laughs> third grade. Right,
1: but, I, but yeah, but but even so, I mean, I think that, they're, that these are things that should be a part of regular reading repertoire for all people. Or your own right? libraries at home. One yeah. Crazy
2: Summer is something where— ah, it blow- I never read anything like this when I was a kid. And I think it's for kids. It, it, it's recommended for children like 8 to 12 or something like that. Okay. But there's some mind-blowing things that I know a lot of adults who this would be like... Yeah? Yeah. Totally. This is what, be this is- almost an affront on what their worldview is. But it's because we've never talked about these things yeah. and we don't. And that, um, and it, it is the, the story is the narrator is a, I believe she's 12 years old, 10 or 12 years old. And her name's Delphine and she's the oldest of three girls. And they live in Brooklyn with, um, with their dad who raises them as a single father with his mother because their mom left them um, after the youngest of the three daughters was born um, to go to Oakland California and she joined the Black Panther movement but the mm. three girls don't know that she joined the Black Panther movement so it's they set don't know what so it's set in 1968 oh, Wow. it's amazing sounds like wow. it's
1: absolutely incredible it's
2: yeah right after Bobby Hutton was murdered it's right after Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered yeah. it's you know it's' Yeah, it's, and it talks about poetry and it, I mean, the, the, their mother, they end up finding out is, is a poet and her poetry is revolutionary and they learn what it means to be a revolutionary and they see different sides of a revolution and that even people on, that are in the same, you know, on the same side have different, uh, they have different approaches to and just, yeah,
0: right right and,
2: and different comfort levels with things what and, are some of the what are some of the um, most
0: insightful questions you've had from mm-hmm. the kids who've who've been in your who are in your daughter's classes, and as you read to them that like you're like you take that home
2: and go mm-hmm. wow um i I ended up crying on the way home after one of the times we read because um um there's not very many children of color in my kid's school, and um, the there is one there's one child who's who's black okay. in their class in in my third graders class, and um, we were taught he was taught we were actually just finishing a chapter that had to do with um, with a black the black oldest girl mm-hmm. or the oldest black daughter um prejudging um a boy or calling a boy who was um, um half Japanese and half black and she called him you know China boy and um and he you know that she ended up having to deal with that she felt ignorant and she Mm -hmm. felt bad about herself, but she didn't want anybody, even the other, you know, girl who was around her age who looked just like her to know that she said something ignorant, that she felt guilty about it. And this is the character in the book. This is the character in the book. So then the only black child in my daughter's class says, do you think that later on in the book, they're going to help us, you know, give us advice on what to do if you can tell someone is judging you.
1: Oh my goodness. Wow.
2: And I said, well, what do you mean? And he eventually starts telling me a story where he was a little kid in a daycare in the Carolinas. And he got angry because somebody did something that made him angry and kids get angry. But, and he was like, and it's okay to get angry. And I know it's okay to get angry, but other kids got scared of me. Because I was angry and they told on me because I was angry and they said it's scary, Um, you know, he, you know, that I was going to do something. And I said, well, did you do something that made them feel like they weren't safe or like, did you hit somebody? Did you He's like, no, I would never do something like that. He was like, they don't want to see me be angry. And uh, and it all came down to mm-hmm. and the teachers ended up, yeah, punishing him and at the, daycare. at the daycare and he he was just like we weren't you're not allowed to tattle he was like there was a rule that we're not allowed to tattle on somebody for being angry we're only allowed to tattle on them if they say something mean or if they take something or if they hurt us yeah,
0: but, they tattle, on but they tattle
2: on me because and and i said well but i'm sure the teachers made you feel safe i'm sure the grown-ups that were there made you feel like it's okay we're gonna just separate you guys and make sure everybody takes a time out and he's like no they got mad at me me and Aww. well i think it's so insightful his
0: question of was how yeah. do you how do you handle when you know somebody's judging you yeah and i mean we we're we're grown we're grown white women here and i know i can we i still
1: can, deal with it right
0: I, yeah i can tell still a great, it's great like, question ah, how do you handle it when somebody's judging you, and you're trying to be? The older
1: you get, polite, it the easier it gets, right? But it's still, to call them out on it. But yeah, but it's it's a dance. It's yeah, a really it is, and there are still times, even you know where we are in our age and comfort with ourselves that. It still gets infuriating and frustrating, mm-hmm. and there are times I want to just, wanna just imagine, you know, scream in my car, you know, mm-hmm. or cry, be, or you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just like because it's you know? not yeah. just the
2: words; it's watching this kid's face in anguish and trying to figure out, like, how do I say this where I don't make this white mom right, I mean, maybe all, right. uncomfortable or, or scared and of that, me? Yeah, and it's the fact that yeah, that's a that's a real experience that, and I think it was the f- I think it was. Not just hearing his words, but watching him, watching his pain, knowing that this is a beautiful, amazing, brilliant child. Totally. Didn't you just want to hug him? Yes. But then at the same time, he said things that then the other kids were like, but that's not what people do. And I was just like, yeah, but that is what, what people, people do. do. And I'm like, <laughs> but his story is real. And we can't say, well, people don't do that. And then another little girl said, but white people, they even, even during this book, like bad things happen to white people because they were white here too and I was like no they really didn't because they were white bad things happened and things are hard for people no matter everybody experiences difficulties but there's something different about I experience a difficulty versus I experience a difficulty or an obstacle simply because I'm the color that I am and when our you know your entire society or an entire you know way that we operate as a culture Says, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, that's how it works. You
1: know, color, religion, yeah, there are lots of factors that we impose right. on,
2: and and so it's know, just like mm-hmm. that we
1: create the other.
2: Yeah, guy, yeah,
1: right. Mm. How I've, did you? How did you comfort him
0: in in his? How did you respond to his
2: question? I, I, because I know our listeners. The fact want that to know. he was as, he kept asking questions, uh-huh. and that I could answer them. That's the. That was the way you can comfort someone is by saying, I hear you. And what you said is important. And I'm so grateful that one, you feel comfortable talking to me about that. And I'm sure all of your friends and your classmates in here feel so good that you know now that there's no way we would ever let something like that when we're standing next to you or if we see that or if we hear that, that that's not okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. where, and that we, and if somebody wanted to argue with me about that, <laughs> they would because they do argue with me sometimes. And and I think that's part of it was that it was just like looking around. Anybody want to argue? You're good. All right. Do we yeah. all love this person because this person
0: is our friend is, is our
2: friend and, and another human being? Yeah. Yeah. Do we understand that? W- we might not understand his hurt, but it's a real hurt. Yeah. And you have to respect that. Yeah. And that's how the other kid feels comforted. But then there's another kid who probably feels awful or had another crap situation. Right. And they hear that too. So I think so that's powerful.
1: that is incredible. Yeah. I, I feel like I wish you were my teacher growing up. Oh, you know? Thanks. Like, I had really seems... good teachers, that's why. <laughs> So you know, I think there's a few assignments for everybody. Like, okay, <laughs> read one Crazy Summer. Um, I and Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls, and, and yeah. buy Good
2: Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Volume one um, yeah. and two. There are yeah, you can buy them separately, or they come in a nice little case, I and had. you can buy both volumes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I'm curious yeah, let's talk about race. I Those are the three books. Yeah.
1: I just watched for the first time um, an old film of, in the fifties. Elizabeth Taylor, James Dean, Giant. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this mm-hmm. film? I know I asked you this a couple of days ago, Michelle. I still haven't this seen is, it. This is this is one to put on the list, also for everybody, because it plays very well into many of our conversations that transcended throughout this wonderful conversation with you, Francesca. Um, so it deals with um, race relations, uh, the the border border issues, mm. um, feminism. I mean, in the 50s. It is absolutely outstanding. It's the last film that James Dean ever did. Mm. It also addresses, um, you know, corporate, like, the, the, the oil industry mm. and just, I mean, it is, extre- it is extremely rich and um, I, it makes me, I've always loved Elizabeth Taylor uh, but It makes me respect her even more because it's just one more amazing movie that she did that's taking on a challenging role. And in that time. Yeah. and And in that time, a message that wasn't even necessarily a part of the conversation. You know, it was like before the conversation was being had. And here it was. So um it really ties in well with what we've been talking about today. So I encourage you to check it out. Cool. Yeah.
0: Let's take another quick break. Okay. There's, a lot. There's a lot here. I'm trying to process. I'm trying to like you know digest it and you yeah. know in my brain. And we still
1: have a little a more, little wine, bit more so wine. So let's do so let's it. Let's just take a
0: quick break and okay. we'll come right on back. Okay. We're back. You know, uh, Francesca and Emily, Emily. Um, M- I know the wine is um, really oh, I, I, that was. Argi- Ar- I, I, sp- <laughs> I spoke that in Argentinian. <laughs> that was Argentinian. Yes. Um, anyway, Emily, uh, we know this conversation about what you're doing and in, in your children's school yeah. and the literature that you're reading them and the questions that you're fielding and and the young the young boy asking about you know how do you how do mm. you like handle situation when you know you're being judged so insightful for such a young Mm man and it made me think of when i was in sixth grade we uh we lived in alabama and i went to a catholic school also my father was military and 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 this this like story like sits with me for a number of reasons even at 50 I, i i it's like it happened yesterday, and we were at lunch, and there was uh, there were two black children, two black I had two black classmates, um, Susie, and I can't remember the, the boy's name, but I can see him, you know, I can see him. But Susie Matheson was the black girl in my class, and so and all the rest of us were white. There, I don't even think there was an Asian in the in the group. And I asked Susie one time at lunch, did she ever wish that she was white? Sixth um. grade, and she looked at me and she said, "No, I don't." Mm-hmm. And that was like such a. I processed that all the way home that day about, wow, she doesn't wish she was white. What does that mean? How does? Because I was under the impression mm-hmm. that everybody wanted to be white. I mean, I had to. That right. had to mm-hmm. been where I came from with it, right? Yeah. But it was. It was so powerful to me that. No, she doesn't wish that she was something other than who she is, and I and I I still appreciate that honesty mm-hmm. that she spoke with mm-hmm. in sixth grade. She probably has an yeah. entirely different story when she relates it <laughs> to her family, but I do appreciate that, and I've often thought about the fact that we sometimes automatically assume that somebody wishes they could be us because we apparently must have it better, right? I
1: I love that. That response didn't come with hostility or anger. Like, you know, can you believe it? You know, like, I, 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 you know, that just that's just so beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know, that that you didn't know, which is why you asked that question. And she came back without judging you for that question.
0: It did not appear to be judging at the time, you know, uh, but she was like, no, I don't I don't wish that I were white. And yeah and i was like in my mind I was like how could you not because i was you know this is what i was led to believe on don't doesn't everybody want to be white right. and i didn't grow up in like you know an overtly racist family in any way i think yeah. I just like taking in all the messages that That's, come around yeah. right and here i am you know a, a a a girl of 12 almost 13 questioning things or asking things mm-hmm. and i can't imagine I mean, and that was back before social media and before everybody mm-hmm. had phones, before internet. And, and I was just uh, consuming the messages that were on our network television right. or in our magazines. Or, yeah. And when our children... Immediately to, around you. Yeah, our yeah. children yeah. today consume messages every... I mean, like, they can't turn around without, a, without yeah. some kind of message coming at them. So I, I'm, I'm amazed and, and... Not amazed is not the right word, but I'm humbled... At the question that the young that the young um, African American boy said to you in that class at third grade, It was so yeah.
1: honest, right?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, I, 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 I treasure that, and I, you know. So I just wanted to share my, you mm. know, I, my powerful my bit.
2: moment. And you, you asked before, like what, you know, how did I know that? Or what did I say to make him feel comforted? And one is just like, I mean, I just wanted him to feel like, I, I see you, I hear you. But to say, like I told him, I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. thank you. And I know that had to be scary to even say like, oh, I don't know what someone's going to think when I say this. Yeah. And so thank you for being brave and, and telling us and, yeah. And, yeah. and for trusting us with that truth. And, yeah. Yeah, and because- sharing
1: that perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. And knowing that to them it was going to be different, mm-hmm. most likely. And, and yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that's 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 courage. And it, I think and um, what's
0: incredible is that, you know, there are certain things that happen in your life that you, the memories that just get, like, crystallized in your brain. Like, I don't think I'll ever forget that conversation. And you'll never forget that conversation no. with that young boy, right? No. And he, he just won't. And he won't, he won't, well, I would, I I can't speak for him, yeah, yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if when he's 30 or 40, he relayed, relates that conversation to somebody else. I would not be
2: surprised, but I could also, yeah, I mean, if yeah, he doesn't, he, he doesn't. Yeah. That's fine, too. But yeah, on my end, I only have control over my end, right, and it's just right. like, no, I know I'm going to carry that, and um yeah. I'm lucky he also. So there's no pictures in one crazy summer because it's a novel, and so <laughs> yeah. um, a big it's chapter. A, book. It's a big kid book, and um, so he start. He's like, I want to draw pictures about what I think I see happening, and so he's drawn pictures for me. Well, he's an artist.
0: Like he's gonna illustrate. This is why it. he. I'm like, yeah.
2: This is why you connect like, with them. I. I it's why I'm like. He makes they. I mean, these kids make me cry just because yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, we're getting to share this, and yeah, it's it's awesome. They, yeah, mm-hmm. they're in creating an enriching enriching experience for me as much as mm-hmm. you know reading. You know, and yes, reading to your kids and yeah. anytime you can. Yeah. You know, and the, to, did
1: the, the teachers are they respondent. Like, wow, that's amazing. What are they saying? No, I
2: think it's partially because they have to keep teaching them other stuff and be able to transition. As soon as I walk out, like, it's it's like, we got to go back to, yeah, we got to go back back to other stuff. Yeah, go back to science class. Because our teachers are so, I mean, like, they're under so much pressure. Like, we've got to meet all of these points, you know, Mm -hmm. before May, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know. And, you know, so, yeah, they're just under that time crunch. And uh, there was a substitute teacher Once and he who was male and and he would give me feedback like was giving me feedback or I and he said, like, I remember that.
1: I remember where I
2: was on that day in 1968. Wow, and I was like, oh yeah, and, wow. and and yeah, so that's really cool, and yeah. and that makes the kids also see because they hear this is history, and so it seems like far away. But this is and, my teacher but just who like, lived it. Ah, oh, yeah, and he was wow. there. Yeah, and so we also talk about like, um, well, some of you guys, this might be when your, you know, your your grandparents might have been, you know. Or some of them might have even been, you know, teenagers then. But So
1: you know. I know that you're a mom and that you work and that you volunteer and do this for your children. And so that you have <laughs> like all kinds of time available <laughs> to you. But I'm just thinking, how amazing would it be if you could take your writing skills and share these experiences with other people? Um, room parents that might be interested in having a proactive approach in their Mm -hmm. school and doing similar programs like you could completely provide you know uh the the um uh agenda and the the curriculum curriculum, thank you that that you're that you're providing and It would be marvelous because this is—I'm
2: wanting to go through and read everything (laughs) that you've been sharing. One, there is something in St. Louis in particular that's really great, and it's not in classrooms, but it's families, and and it is centered around white families talking about race, and it's called We Stories, and it's run by two different women, um, Laura Horowitz and Adelaide—this is terrible— She's actually the person who I knew first um, and um yeah, and they they help families kind of parents talk through like talking about race and talking about equity and talking about, you know, flipping the script and and doing it in a way where we're not just walking around with additional anger, but doing something that, that matters. And again, moves Mm -hmm. the needle. And I have to be honest, I was not as good of a community member of the We Stories family and I'm still not because once you're in Wee Stories, you're kind of always in We Stories community. <laughs> but and if either one of those women hear me, they know I probably have been, you know, a pretty craptastic We like, Stories mom. It sounds like these are some but really
0: some women we need to have on our show. They're
2: incredible. Yeah. yeah. They are they're the real deal. And yeah.
0: Well,
1: wow. you're the real deal. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You are helping to move the needle for yeah. and so many, so many children,
2: and there are women, and we we talked a little bit about art, but there are two particularly uh, female artists that I've um, come to know in the past year who talk about race and racial issues and displacement and mm. and loss of home and loss of safety um, from um, both the perspective of someone who's experiencing the injustice firsthand and and also from the perspective of someone who's witnessing it. And oh, interesting. Um, from a, a white woman's perspective of witnessing the injustice and saying, I can't even live, I can't live with myself if I don't express and say this is, what I see in my neighborhood. Um, And they, uh, uh, one woman is Milan Dean and she was, um, she's Vietnamese and um, she came to the United States um, because of the conflict. And, um, and so she talks a lot about her, her work. I mean, it's, it explicitly deals with race and being being an other, mm-hmm. um, and then reconciling that being an American and um, and just so I mean they're, they're understanding that all of these issues intersect: being female, being. Mm-hmm. Not white in the United States, and yeah. and yeah. being, you know, coming with the, the the racial and ethnic tension that comes okay. from leaving a place like Vietnam, and yeah. then coming so to the United States, immigrant as well, yeah, not white, um, and, and basically a and refugee, yeah. 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 And then, um, then there's another woman, Myra Eastman, who is uh, she lives in California, and she's a, a well-to-do woman. She lives, I mean, well-to-do, meaning like she lives in an affluent suburb. Yeah. Um, and she always has. And um, she went through a personal tragedy, um, something horrific that happened to her sister. And after that, she started to say, "I understand how all of these violences." intersect with one another. I understand how these aggressions and microaggressions all intersect with each other and that, you know, kind of this my brother's keeper and my sister's keeper kind of thing, but that also that we all walk around with this trauma. Um, and then she expressed, so the the first artist, Milan, um, most of her work that I have experienced um, is is more sculptural. Um, and talks about, you know, the feminine and the masculine and, and race. But um, um, Myra's is all painting. Interesting. And, and yeah. So there is, I mean, you can do things. There are explicit and implicit ways artistically with the visual arts of expressing or dealing or grappling with or trying to understand or even find. I mean, abstract art can be just as powerful of an experience as as a representational art.
1: Well, because it all all comes from an emotion and there's something that's driving that passion that creates mm -hmm. that image. It's not just random.
2: Right, right. Yeah. I, I have so much <laughs> to think about and process, I know.
1: and um, it needs another bottle of wine, almost, mm-hmm. doesn't it? <laughs> it does.
0: It does. Uh, however, we yeah. don't have another bottle I of wine know. with us today. We are, we
1: are at last
0: um, out. Yeah. We, we are, um, Francesca. Thank you so much for coming today thank and talking you both. with us. Sharing such such powerful stories, and Mm -hmm. you know, you are a gem for Mm -hmm. as as a friend and as a as a fellow uh, fellow woman here in the (laughs) St. Louis region. And um, you know, we are we are greater for for you being
1: in in our
0: in our in our little town. Yeah, we're better because
2: you guys give us this platform. (laughs) So.
1: Well, thank you. We, yeah. we do hope that you can join us again soon. We just, we love having conversations with our good friends and this conversation clearly is not over. Yeah, so no, we hope no. you can join us sometime again soon. Great. All right. Okay. Well, cheers. Cheers to, cheers to you.